0: Hey guys, it's Scott. It's Tuesday, July 12th, the week before San Diego Comic-Con. The first San Diego since 2019, so you can feel the anxiety and excitement, I think, all across the comic world. I'm going to be there from Tuesday through early Sunday, so there are plenty of chances to come say hi if you're going. And if you're a paid subscriber, you'll have opportunities to skip the main line and have your own shot at getting things signed by me and my Best Jacket partners. I'll post all those times with Tyler here in this post with a full schedule. And then I'll put it up on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere too. If you're a Founders Tier member, Black Jacket member, you have your dinner there, which is going to be fun. I'm going to take you out, show you a good time, give you exclusives. And yeah, it's funny. Like I have mixed feelings about going. I'll get to those in a minute though. First, just a quick note. Dark Space's Wildfire Number 1 comes out from IDW with co-creator Hayden Sherman and Amazing Colors by Rhonda, Incredible Letters by Darren. And it's one of four indie books that I'm putting out between now and next week in print, in paper, Dark Space's Wildfire 1. And it's about a bunch of women who are in the California penal system, their inmates and their part of a program that brings them out to fight wildfires. And it's a heist story about a house that they learn about up on the hill that's in danger of burning down that might have some valuable stuff in it. So it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a modern noir. It's about this this crazy sort of apocalyptic moment in a lot of ways. And then next week on Tuesday, like Tuesday of next week, (laughs) we have three books launching from Comixology, books that we've been working on a long time and are The second wave of the eight books that I'm a part of over there uh, with CMX originals. The first is Canary. I mean, they all come out simultaneously, but Canary is a horror Western about a mine that collapsed years ago and yet still continues to haunt an area in the Utah Territory and a marshal who goes back out to this town, Canary, and the collapsed mine to figure out if there's something much darker going on there than people suspect. And he has a whole history with this area as he caught a really bad outlaw years ago and saw something that really shook his world. So it's very, very dark. It's one of the darkest books I've done. Dan's art is just out of control. I mean, I think it's the best of his career, and I'm honored and grateful to be partnered with him on this one. So as you can see from some of the preview pages that Tile post here. And then the second one, Barnstormers, it's with Tula Lote, an old friend, and somebody who I've been talking about doing this story with forever. Uh, it's a story that's been in the back of my head for a long time. It's about a young man who claims to be a World War I pilot and is barnstorming around the country. Barnstorming was a big kind of fad right after World War One, when pilots could buy their decommissioned Curtis Jenny biplanes and sort of take them around the country and show people what it was to ride in an airplane or see stunts, all this kind of stuff. And it was a very short-lived period where desperate young people tried to do this to make money before it was regulated away and then the Great Depression hit. So it's about a moment in time that exists between two kind of cataclysmic periods, the first being the influenza and World War I, you know, before this period of the roaring 20s, and the second being the crash and the Great Depression. So it feels like it has parallels to this moment in a lot of ways, like a quiet moment between really tumultuous Times and it's about sort of the hopelessness or desperation, but also kind of strange feelings of anger and hope that young people can have in moments like this, too. So, really, really proud of that one. And then we have the incredible Richard Sarkings on Letters. He's on Letters in Canary also, but Dan is also coloring himself in that book. And then lastly, we have Dudley Dotson in the Forever Machine, which is sort of an all ages adventure book, a cosmic adventure book. I wanted to try something that adults would love, but also that my 11-year-old could read that isn't like faces being torn off and babies being cooked and eaten and (laughs) all kinds of stuff like that. So it's got a bit of a brighter spirit. And it's about a young inventor who's 16, Dudley Dotson, but just can't get it together. And the discovery that there's a perpetual motion machine created by the famed mythological inventor Daedalus that falls into his possession after uh, these bad guys from a group called the Needle's Eye come looking for it. And it begins this whole series of wild adventures that he's a part of to try and save the universe. So it's got a big Saturday morning cartoon feel. It's huge fun and Jamal's art, like everybody's art, I think is the best of his career. He's also, we're trying new things with color with him with the great Chris Sotomayor. Juan Castro is inking. It's a really special book. They're all special books, honestly. They're really personal to me. They're done for reasons that I think speak to the priorities that I try to bring to class. They're all about this moment. They're things that I wish for or fear for about the future with my kids. They're passion projects. And they're also projects that really push me creatively. The first wave certainly did. It was different kinds of projects than you've seen me do with familiar creators like Francis and Greg and Francesco. But these books really push me out there. I mean, you haven't seen me do historical fiction like Barnstormers. You haven't seen me do a noir like Wildfire. You haven't seen me do a YA book or an all-ages book, obviously, like Dudley, or really a Western. I've done soap, supernatural Westerns, like horror Western, like uh, American Vampire, but this is much more grounded and dark and about the West, so it doesn't sort of skip eras and stuff. So anyway, I want to try and put my money where my mouth is, show you that I'm trying to do the things I teach in in our class together, Comic Writing 101 and push myself to be exciting to me. So I'm really proud of this wave. I can't wait for you to see. So four books to check out. If you have Amazon Prime, all the Comixology books are free. If you are taking the class and you're a paid subscriber, I'm going to walk you through Wildfire as part of our class tomorrow night. So that's the other thing. We're going to do a class tomorrow night. If things don't collapse on me here, we have construction going on on the house and with San Diego. I'm like teetering on the edge of being like, I don't know if I can do class, but I think I can do it. It might be a little shorter, but we're doing emotional arc versus plot arc, and it should be fun. We're going to look at Thor. We're going to look at Wildfire. We're going to talk some movies, and I'm just going to try and get the point across within like an hour or so and see what you guys think. So anyway, check that out. And yeah, it's been wild. So San Diego is is sort of, for those of you who haven't been and are going for the first time, again, come find me. I love meeting fans at cons. Sincerely, it's my favorite part of it as you'll find with many pros. There's also a Scotttober West Coast party for Comixology subscribers. If you have a Comixology subscription, just run to their booth and get a ticket. And I think it's like the first fans or fans by lottery or something. But it's Thursday night, the party, and you get to go and there'll be a ton of pros there. All my friends and obvious usual suspects from all ranges of comics will be there. So if you want to come, say hi go get a ticket, subscribe to comicsology unlimited. Again, those books are also free if you have prime and wildfire comes out tomorrow. So, check them all out. And yeah, so San Diego, San Diego is one of those cons that like when I was coming up, I enjoyed because you're totally almost like anonymous there because there's so many big machinations happening. I mean, if you haven't been there, all the movie stars come from from Hollywood. I mean, when I started going to San Diego as a fan, 11, 12, 13 years ago, it wasn't as big, but it was already big. I I wasn't somebody who got to go back in the 80s or the 90s when I was a kid, when it was something different and more comic-based. By the time I started getting involved, it was already pretty glitzy and, and overwhelming. So when I started going as a pro, it was fun because I think I could kind of disappear. You know, the first year I had American Vampire there... It was me and Raphael, and I remember they sat us at a table with Joe Kubert, and Raphael like literally cried because it was we got to sit at a table with Joe Kubert. We went and we got to go to the Eisners, and we won. And Walt, the biggest thing, the thrill was Walter Simonson and Louise Simonson handed us our Eisner, and it was just I couldn't believe that moment to this day. It's just burned into my brain. So it was more like being young and new in this massive tent of people that just shone and were huge and there were stars and all of this. And then as I got bigger in comics, more and more responsibility falls to you within that matrix. So instead of it being a place that you go and kind of see your friends and just kind of lay low because there are bigger things happening, for the company you're at, like DC, for me, you become part of the bigger things happening. So suddenly you have to go to the hard rock (laughs) hotel party, the industry party that's meeting with international distributors and booksellers. And you go to the Barnes & Noble dinner and then you go across town and you meet with the people that are doing licensing for the new DC New 52 backpacks and shirts. and So there's a lot of running back and forth as you become more sort of a fixture of any of the companies that are represented there. And it becomes more and more of a hustle. And again, it's a joy. So none of this is me complaining. I'm just giving you a sense of when you see a pro there, what they're going through. So now I'm back at a point where, because I'm not at DC, because I'm doing my own stuff, I have a ton of behind the scenes meetings, like breakfast and lunch and dinners with comics pros and executives and people that I'm, A, sometimes just hanging out with because we miss each other. And then other times getting together with to talk about making more comics or publishers or retailers or all that kind of stuff. So I'm in a good spot. But keep in mind that most pros there are running around really trying to either hustle to work their way up, hustle to stay where they are, hustle to get ahead, or hustle because they have a lot of obligations for the company they're at. So San Diego is a stressful con for a lot of people. So just be kind if you see creators running around. Again, I have a pretty low-key one for all the stuff I have to do just because... It's all my choice this year. I don't have to do anything for any one company. So I'll be in good spirits if you see me. But again, like cons are places that are work conventions for pros. So just be aware. But if you come to the comicsology party, that's like a party. So you should come and and relax with us. And, you know, it's strange to dive back in. It's just strange. I'm excited, really excited. But I'm also nervous. San Diego is a place where when I was coming up, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of difficulty managing it. New York and San Diego both were the cons I would get in the most trouble with, where I felt like I would go overboard partying, where, you know, I would get into arguments with my bosses, where things would bubble up with the company and you and all of it. So they were always places of high stress, you know, and I'm in a better place now. So I'm more excited to kind of enjoy and take my time and just take it a lot easier. But Yeah, I think for a lot of people, myself included, San Diego used to be for me, but can be now, I think for a lot of pros, like insanely stressful because you have these high stakes obligations for your career. And it's set against a context where you have to be really friendly and on stage all the time for any fan that sees you which is not hard to do, but is hard to do when you're late for a meeting because you can't get across the street because there's 100 people waiting to cross a single street and the train car goes by and the gas lamp is packed and like that. So yeah, it has has like echoes of stress and echoes of really good memories. And I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. And uh, Jeannie just went away with her mom to a wedding in Napa. And uh, I'm glad they got that time because now she's going to have to manage the kids while I'm out there. So it's just me. Come say hi. Should be fun. I think you can hear the excitement and the nervousness in my voice. But above all, give these books a shot if you can, because really, really proud of them. Thanks.